Matthew's Gospel, chapter number one, when you have it, say amen. Here's how it reads. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth the son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the uh, by the Lord through the prophet saying behold the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated God with us then Joseph being aroused from sleep did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took from him his wife and he did not know her until he had she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus Lord today we thank you for that strong name of Jesus and today we just ask you Lord have your way in this place speak to our hearts give us an ear to hear which you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel like you've been to church this morning? Amen. Well, I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord with you. Well, we're going to continue our series this morning entitled Christmas Unplugged. And uh, we're going to continue to look at this. And um, I'll tell you, uh, it's an old joke, but I'll tell you, like... um, the old Hollywood celebrity told her sixth husband, I won't keep you long, so you just listen fast, and I'll preach fast today, but I want to share what the Lord put on my heart. Um, last week, we looked at the role of Mary in the story of Christmas, how the uh, immaculate conception, that is, that um, Mary was a virgin even up until the time Jesus was born. Uh, Joseph, as we read in our text, chose to honor that so that nothing could be said either way but um, Mary remained a virgin up until Jesus was born and we saw the incarnation of Christ that is Christ in human flesh Um, very significant part of the Christmas story as I said last week the resurrection is is important but if there was no birth there would be no resurrection so that's awesome for us to look at Um, this week I want to look at something a little bit more um, not, I don't want to use the word supernatural, but I want to use the word spectacular. Because this morning, I want to look at the angels. Everybody say, the angels. This morning, I want to talk to you from the subject, angels among us. Angels among us. Angels play a significant role in the Christmas story. Uh, starting back to uh, Elizabeth and John the Baptist. Whenever John was born... The angel of the Lord appeared, and because of his father's response, his mouth, his tongue cleaved to the roof of his mouth. But there was an angelic announcement about John. John was the forerunner of Christ. He was the one who would come before and prepare the way of the Lord. Then what we see in the Christmas story is we saw last week that the angel came with the salutation to Mary and made a proclamation, announcement. You, Mary, have found favor with God, and you will give forth to a son. That which is conceived of you will be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you, and you will give forth a son, and his name shall be called Jesus. We see the significance of that. Now we see Joseph 
um, being visited by an angel in a dream because last week we talked about what it must have been like to receive this news from Joseph. Uh, Matthew chapter 1 already tells us that Joseph wanted to put her away. He wanted to say, you know what? Uh, I didn't sign up for this. Uh, you know, he was a good young man, and he tried to keep his nose clean, and what was everybody going to think? And now the angel comes and comforts him and gives him the same message, in essence, that he gave Mary. So we see angelic intervention here. Then, as I also referenced last week, the day that Christ was born in a lowly shepherd's field in Bethlehem, the angels of the Lord came, and the Bible says the what? The glory of the Lord shone all around them. And what happened? They made an announcement. This day, a Savior is born, Christ Jesus the Lord, and this will be a sign unto you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So we see throughout the Christmas story, we see this angelic intervention over and over and over again. That's enough for all of us to stop and say, what's the deal all of this angel business? I, I want you to know that we need to look at the questions. Who are they? What do they do? And really, why does it even matter? Today, we're going to talk about angels. You see, Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 tells us that through Christ, everything was created. For by Him, all things were created that are in heaven. Everybody say heaven. And that that are on the earth. Both the what? Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. What that tells us is that when God created the heavens and the earth, He created that which was invisible and also that which is visible. We can say it like this. God created the unseen realm, and He also created the seen realm. See, you and I, we live in this physical realm. God's given us a body. He's given us flesh to live in this earth. Paul says about believers when they die, to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. What that tells me is, is that this spiritual realm, this unseen realm that God has created is much thinner than any of us could imagine, which also means it's much closer than any of us can imagine. See, if God were to simply just take the scales back from our carnal eyes for a moment and allow us to see, we would literally see today angels and demonic forces and spirit beings as God created them. Now, thank God we don't see that all the time because we might lose our minds. Amen. Because John, when he saw an angel in the book of Revelation, he, he almost passed out. He, he fell down on his face. The other disciples, when they would see angels, the angels would say, fear not. So that tells me that these angelic creatures are very majestic. But what we do know is that God created a physical realm. He created a spiritual realm. Now here's what we need to know. Angels are a part of the spiritual order of things. But yet at times, God allows them to break in to this realm. God allows them to function at times 
in this realm. It's, it's, it's amazing. And I want you to know this, secular or not, spiritual or not, Christian or unchristian, unsaved, people, even in the world, have a fascination with angels. Now, some of you need to be delivered from the Hallmark Channel and Lifetime movies, but we won't talk about that this morning. But this time of year brings all types of movies about Christmas. Some of them are spiritual and and Christian in nature. Some of them are not. But the one thing that's common about both of those things is a belief in the supernatural as it relates to angels. Now, how many of you remember a movie called It's a Wonderful Life? You remember it? Who Who can quote that one famous line with me? Every time... Come on, say it a little louder. And every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. That's in 2 Opinions 3.16. That's where that is. There's also other movies in the, in the world where they, they deal with angels. And, 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 and the truth is, is that most people get their theology concerning angels from the world rather than the Word of God. And this morning, since we're unplugging Christmas and really stripping everything away and looking at the fundamentals, I thought that it would be wise of us to look at these angelic creatures that are actually surrounding all of this story. But before we do, we need to address a couple of misconceptions. I know that our decorations and some things that we've perceived in life, they're cute. But contrary to popular belief, angels are not fat little babies with pinned diapers with wings who float on clouds. Come on, somebody. That's not what angels are. Also, I want to be gentle here, but people do not become angels when they die. There have been many a good saint try to comfort somebody in an hour of affliction who said something like this, the Lord must have needed another angel. Well, angels are part of the creative order. We're going to to learn that in just a moment. But people cannot become spiritual angels. That said, pause. There are times in Scripture where humans are referred to as angels. The word angel, angelos, it simply means messenger. In Revelation 1, 2, and 3, where John on the Isle of Patmos wrote the letters to the seven churches, they were addressed to the angel of the church. Most theologians, liberal and conservative, agree that that's referring to the elder or the pastor of that church. So a a human can be a messenger. That's all angel means is messenger. But you need to understand that when people die... They don't become that kind of angel that we're talking about this morning. These angels are created beings. So here's the truth. Angels are real. Angels are powerful. However, they're not to be worshipped. They're not to be sought after. Neither are they to be prayed to. They are simply servants of the Lord our God. Because the Bible calls him the Lord of angel armies. He is the Lord of hosts this morning. And so I'm going to seek to answer quickly three questions about angels today. And I think it will bless your soul. First question, number one. Number one, who are they? 
who are they? Look at somebody and say, who are they? Angels are created beings. We don't exactly know how many. The Bible says they are innumerable. They're, they're, they're like the sands of the seashores. They're innumerable. But what we do know is that sometime in the dateless past, Job chapter 28, verses 4 through 7, you don't have to turn there. You can reference it if you would like later. But Job says that the sons of God shouted for joy when God laid the foundations of the earth. Now, sons of God is a term in the Old Testament that was used for angels over and over and over again. We see it in the book of Job multiple times. But the Bible says that the angels were present in creation. And so when, when God said, let there be light and all of those things, we don't know exactly when. We don't need to develop some type of weird theology there. But we do know that God created the angels sometime in the dateless past. Here's another thing that we need to know. They are spiritual beings. They operate primarily in the spiritual realm. And the Bible does tell us that there are different types of angels. In other words, not all angels are created equal. There are seraphim, which are flaming ones, fiery ones. There are cherubim. These little cherubs are protecting angels. The two of them, Scripture says, were fashioned and sat upon the Ark of the Covenant that protected the presence of God. There was a, a cherub that was set uh, outside of the Garden of Eden to protect it after they were banished. So we have seraphim. There are cherubim. There are archangels such as Michael, Gabriel. There are fallen angels, one of them by the name of Lucifer that we see. Scripture also refers to the fallen angels who are demonic forces, who are held in everlasting chains awaiting judgment. We see these angels are created beings. They are very different in how they appear. But the question we got to ask ourselves, are y'all ready for this? What do they do? Number two, what do they do? I want to call your attention to the scripture. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14 says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? Here's what you need to know. Angels are God's invisible allies. They are his angels that, that, that do his bidding. Notice what it says. They are all. Somebody say all. They are all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation. Who are the ones who will inherit salvation? Humanity. God created the heavenly host in creation to be able to, to function for several different purposes. We're going to look at this in a minute. Their job is to minister to the Lord in eternal praise. Because, by the way, the Scripture says forever there are angels around the throne of God throughout all of eternity, and they're saying one thing and one thing only. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. They don't sing a different song. They sing the same song over and over again because they circle around the throne. They make revelations around the throne. Rotations. And with every revolution, there's a brand new revelation of His holiness. They're made to minister to the Lord in eternal praise and worship. But not only do they minister to the Lord, they were created to minister for the Lord. They have a job. 
they have a purpose as it relates to humanity. So this morning, we've got to ask ourselves the question, what all do angels do? Well, the first thing that I would tell you, we see it in our text, angels give messages. They give messages. A lot of times in the Bible, when you see an angelic visitation and there is a message that is brought forth, it is very significant. Um, I don't mean to make fun. I don't mean to pick light. Some people, they say they see, they see this stuff every day. The angels weren't showing up telling the disciples what color socks to wear, what kind of tunic to put on. These angels showed up in significant times in history to bring specific messages. We see it in the Old Testament where he's making announcements of deliverance. We see Samson's uh, uh, mother and father were given angelic visitation on how they were to raise her, their son and to what to allow him to do and not to do because he would be a Nazarite. We see in the book of Ezekiel, we see um, the angel of the Lord uh, uh, telling them that he didn't come to pick sides. He came to take over. Uh, we see the angel of the Lord bringing many announcements through the Scripture. And in our story this morning, we see the message of all messages. Mary, you're going to be chosen to give birth to the Messiah. Now, let me tell you something. A message that big deserves to be brought by an angel. That's huge. It's huge. Angels bring messages. They don't just bring messages. Angels also can protect us from harm. In Daniel chapter 6, there was a young boy named Daniel who was taken in Babylonian captivity and his name was changed and and King Nebuchadnezzar had in, inflicted all type of laws. One of those laws was, uh, Daniel, you're not to pray any longer. This God, this God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you're not to worship him. You're to bow down when you hear the, the flute and the lyre and you hear the bells to ring. You're to bow down and worship my created image. And Daniel said, oh, king, I, I cannot do that. And so Daniel did what he always did. He got up in his window and he defiled the government in open prayer. And when they found Daniel praying, they took him and they placed him in a lion's den. They took a, a Simba. Come on, anybody remember the Lion King? They, they took a scar and they took a hungry lion and they put it down there with Daniel. And they said, well, in the morning we'll, we'll wake up and there'll be nothing left but his carcass in his bones. But when they got up in the morning, they saw the mouth of the lion was shut tightly by the angel of the Lord. And notice what Daniel's testimony was to them in Daniel 6.22. It says, My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him and also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. God, in his sovereign plan, sent an angel to propagate his work and testimony before the kings of the earth through his servant, Daniel. Let me tell you, angels are oftentimes involved in supernatural deliverance. Only eternity will tell how angelic intervention has helped our lives. There are times, see, oftentimes in life, we only focus on the bad things that have happened to us. Well, God, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why did the car accident? Why the death? Why this? Why that? 
So many times we, we focus on the negative and not realize that there are possibly some things that God kept us from. I remember being about 12 years old. I rode to work with my mom, and I was riding home with her one night. We had a 20-mile drive in, through the woods uh, back home, and uh, there was a, a two-lane highway with a, a median down the middle, and somehow, some way, we lost control. For all intents and purposes, we should have flipped the car over. In fact, I, I remember feeling the car, get that Oldsmobile got up on two wheels. And I remember all we could just say was Jesus and that car leveled back down. Do you know? Didn't see it. You'll never be able to convince me that there was an angelic intervention in my life that day. We will never understand nor realize how angels have showed up to keep us from trouble. Here's another one. Angels participate in praise and worship with us. Look at Psalm 148, verse 2. Look at this. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. This is David, the great psalmist, as he's writing on lyre and harp, and he's challenging the people of God to worship. And as he turns his attention away from the people, he turns it to the angels, and he says, Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. You may tell you something. The Bible says God inhabits the praise of his people. And angels participate in worship. I think it would be wise for all of us when we come into a place like this not to sit on our hands and do nothing while there are literally angels in the atmosphere, worshiping along with us. Angels worship with us. Here's a cool one. Here's a cool one. Angels also usher believers into the presence of the Lord at death. I've talked, Miss Donetta can probably tell you, I've talked to several nurses, I've talked to several people through the years who they sat with their loved ones that are believers as they're about to die, and it seems like they're reaching out. They see something. They see something. I don't know what they see. They see something. They're reaching. But it's like when they get to the end of their life, that veil gets really thin. And Luke, the 16th chapter, it's, it's, it's not a parable. People have made this a parable, but it's not because Jesus never calls something a parable and uses specific people's names and places. Jesus said there was a certain rich man and there was a beggar named Lazarus. Now, I want you to notice this. In Luke chapter 16, verse 22, it says, And so it was that the beggar Lazarus died, and he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. That was Old Testament's paradise. The rich man was also buried and in hell. He lifted up his eyes. For believers, when we pass from this life, there is an angelic escort into the presence of God. How comforting to think that when our loved ones who love Jesus pass out of this life, they are carried by the angels into His presence. It's amazing. That's not all. Angels also engage in physical. Everybody say physical. Physical warfare. There is a difference between spiritual warfare and physical warfare. Sometimes they overlap. 
But here I want to make a distinction. In 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 35, look at this verse. This is so, so fascinating to me. 2 Kings 19, 35. The Bible says, And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when people arose early in the morning, there were all the corpses, all dead. Did you hear what I just read? One. Notice that. Look at verse 35. It came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord. That's singular. That's not plural. We serve a God of angel armies. This is one angel. When the, when the children of God were fighting the Assyrians, all the Lord had to say was one angel, go kill them. 185,000. One angel. Now, angels don't compare to the strength that the Lord has. So if an angel can take out 185,000, then what can the Lord do when he steps in? Here's the second one, or the next phase. They also engage in spiritual warfare. In Jude verse 9, when they're disputing against the body of Moses, Satan is disputing against the body of Moses because to this day it's a mystery where Moses' body was buried. Theologians don't know why, but maybe the, the Jewish people would have worshipped it because Moses was such a, a hero of the faith. But for whatever reason, the Lord hid it with his own hand and, and Satan shows up and he's trying to find it and the Bible says that Michael the archangel disputed about the body of Moses he told the devil the Lord rebuke you in Daniel's book when Daniel prayed at the beginning of his 21 days he prayed and at the 21st day an angel came and said I have been fighting the prince of Persia principalities and powers, angelic intervention in the heavens. It's amazing. Angels engage in spiritual warfare. We got to ask ourselves the question this morning. Number three, we got to ask ourselves, why does it matter? Why does it matter? Because God is still intervening in the lives of people this way. He's still intervening. If you look in the book of Revelation, which is ahead of us, not behind us. In fact, chapters 1, 2, and 3 were seven literal churches, but everything from that place forward is future tense. The angelic intervention is all throughout the tribulation period and blowing trumpets and, and making announcements and all of those things. It matters. Why? Because they are a part of God's army. So many people are totally oblivious when it comes to the spiritual realm. They're a part of God's army. We also have to ask ourselves the question, why does it matter? You ready for this one? Hebrews chapter 13, verses 2 and 3 tells us, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some may have unwittingly entertained angels. Now, some of the Hollywood TV shows are crazy. I was a child of the, the 80s, 
I grew up watching Highway to Heaven. Did I lose my crowd? Michael Landon, Victor French. Huh? I grew up, I grew up watching that. Uh, now listen, I'm not saying all these shows were sanctified. I'm saying my family hadn't always been sanctified. There was also a show that was borderline new age, pretty much new age. It was called Touched by an Angel. Um, but what these shows had in common was that oftentimes they would visualize angels in human form. And I used to think that was crazy until I read this verse. And I realized that scripturally speaking, angels can indeed transform themselves. Let me take it a little further. Lucifer is a fallen angel. The Bible says he, he can transform himself into an angel of light. That's why the scripture says Paul was, Paul was so specific when he was writing his epistles to the Galatians and to the Ephesians and to the Corinthians. He said this over and over and over again. Here's what Paul said. No matter how spiritual angels are, they're cool, they're spectacular. They make you say, wow, you're ooh, you're ah, all of these things. Here's what Paul said. Here's why it matters. He said, even if me or an angel from heaven Come and preach another gospel. Reject it. Reject it. Because angels are God's servants. Not objects of worship. Not objects of worship. This morning, God has already moved in this place. I've already given people an opportunity to be born again. But let me tell you something. What the Hebrews writers try and tell us, be nice to people, especially strangers, because you never know. You know, I have heard story after story. Again, child of the 80s and 90s. Anybody ever remember the show Unsolved Mysteries? Listen, I, I think that guy who narrated that show ought to do an audio Bible. I would buy it. I love his voice. Him and Morgan Freeman. I mean, you know, either one would be fine. Just the whole Bible, Genesis to Revelation. I just like to hear them talk. But understand this. Understand this. I've seen stories on there. If you have information on the da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you call this number. And they always do this cool reenactment. Somebody who was broke down on the side of the road. Back in those days, they had no cell phone. They had no cell phone. See, we can't even imagine people not having a cell phone today. I remember the big bag phones. Big antenna, you had to, it cost like $12.99 a minute to call somebody. They broke down on a rainy, foggy night. There wasn't anybody to help, but all of a sudden, somebody walked out of the shadows and said, how can I help you? I'm out of gas. Okay, let me help you. Pour them some gas and thank you. Be safe. Have a good night. Turn around to say thank you. Ain't nobody there. Say, I don't believe in that. Doesn't matter. 
It happens. Demons are real. Angels are real. The devil is real. Jesus is real. Hell is real. Heaven is real. Isn't it amazing how some people like part of it, but they don't like the other part? Here's what I want you to be aware of. We pray to the Lord. We ask for His help. We seek Jesus. We worship Him. But we never know when He's dispatched help on our side. When God comes through for us, what do we do? Turn it back around. Give Him glory. That's what angels do. Closing with this, Darren. You can come. There's one thing that angels can't do. They're powerful, strong. They can shut the mouth of lions. They can kill armies. They can do all types of supernatural things. But do you know the Bible says that there's one thing that angels cannot do? The book of Peter tells us that angels cannot sing the song of salvation because they've never been redeemed. They were created to serve the Lord. You and I had to choose. You and I had to make a choice. Angels, Scripture already tells us, they can fall away. They're not totally without free will. But once they fall, they have no chance. You know what happens if humans fall? God gives us the opportunity to come back and say, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. Can you think about that? That's awesome. That's redemption. Man, that God loved us and created us to have a relationship with Him. That's why the Bible says angels desire to look upon these things. So this morning, next week, Christmas Day, when we're focusing upon Jesus, we realize the angelic intervention that happened all around it. We've also got to understand that when we're singing to our Savior, we're singing something that they long to sing because they can't understand it. That's why you and I have such a privilege to love the Lord this morning. Would you stand?